Hello and welcome to the Rice Historical Review Podcast. My name is Eddie Plout, the usual podcast director, but today we have a very special episode of the podcast. We have the Rice History Department coordinator and all-around all-star, Aaron Baisner, interviewing Josh Raitt and Brent Bourdain of Order Precinctus, a competitive medieval fighting club based in Baton Rouge in Covington, Louisiana. The Order of Studies teaches and competes in historical European martial arts, or HEMA, competitions, and we were lucky enough to have them on campus this past Friday the 22nd. If you got a chance to see them on campus and are interested in learning more about the Ordo or HEMA competitions, we've included links in our SoundCloud description. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, uh, this is Aaron Baser, and we have a special treat for you this week. I'm coming to you from New Orleans, where I have Josh Barrett, the trainer for Ordo Precinctus, and Brent Boudin. I have to keep checking my notes on names because I am not fluent in any of these Cajun names. But uh, this is part of Rice History Week, and uh, we're leading up to an amazing event on March 22nd from 2 to 4 p.m. right in front of Brockstein Pavilion. We're going to have some amazing historians, martial artists. They're going to bring history to life for you guys. It's going to be amazing. So if you've ever had questions about how to use primary sources, what's the point of them, if you've ever thought that history was just a boring degree that wasn't worth even looking into, we're here to change your mind about that. So... Josh, can you start us out with uh, maybe how you got into HEMA? Did you study history in high school? So I started when I was younger. I just had a fascination with history. I was in eighth grade, and I won the Woodsman of the World Award in graduation. So, like, I knew more than my history teacher in school. I was always been a nut for it. Fast forward, always like swords. With, there's many a picture of me with a stick and a shield. <laughs> like, my mom's garden suffered most of it, so, like... Like, so much mulch got destroyed because it actually looked like a body. Like, ha-ha! Oh, God. And then, you know, I grew up in Louisiana, and, you know, I have, you know, family that came not too long, you know, recently, and we had sword duels, and, like, we grew up with sabers in the house to extent. So, like, lots of fascinations always was there. Though I'm a late bloomer in actually getting into HEMA, I've only been doing this for, like, three years, where I actually found out it was a real thing. And I got into it like a crack addict and never left. So it's like it's a good combo where you get to go fight and have the fun and be like you know, you get the high. Yeah, you get the high, but at the same time, <laughs> I, it's I, safe. Yeah, and I love reading the history on it though. I love going to the source materials. I'm, I'm a huge person of like, why would we fight like this? Why was this this way? You know, and it really changes your viewpoint on like what's really happening in a fight. It's not like the TV stuff you see. And I think like me and Brent not too long ago were actually talking about like how Knight was actually more like an M1's Abram tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and then just like, yeah, it's like, yeah, the guy has an armor. He don't give a shit what you got. He's just going to come and kill all of you if you ain't got armor. Lear- learning to do any kind of a uh, historical martial art really changes your perspective on watching films. Oh, yeah. Period. Like, you, you become the most annoying person yeah. on earth to watch a, oh, yeah. a Game of Thrones or a Braveheart or oh, like, yeah, Highlander. <laughs> Highlander 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 oh my god yeah I, I, it, it, and oddly enough because like, that's um, kind of how I ended up coming mm-hmm. to this in, in a big way was you know I started out with uh, you know fencing in high school uh, your traditional sport fencing uh, and from there, you know, having been, you know, one of those kids that goes to the Renaissance Festival actually got into doing uh, stage combat mm-hmm. and learning how to put on good fights for shows. So I, I 
took that professionally and went and actually toured around the country with a, a two-man act called The Duelist, did a lot of educational shows, performed at you know, schools and renaissance festivals, did so, a, a little bit of TV and movie stuff, did uh, fight choreography. And so much of that is, is weirdly based on uh, traditional martial arts and uh, fencing. It's like sport fencing. Like you, when you see the old uh, Douglas Fairbanks or um, oh God, Errol, Flynn, Errol Flynn movies. You know, the stuff that they're doing, it's like, oh, it's, it's Robin Hood. It's set in like this Norman Saxon conflict and they're using this, this, this very like cheeky rapier type fencing movement that comes out of sport fencing. And then when you start really getting deep into that, uh, there is a growing body of people in that, that stage combat community that are trying to learn HEMA. Mm-hmm. They're trying to look into the historical materials to make the fights you see in movies and TV more accurate to what they would have actually looked like for a specific time yeah. period. Um, yeah. So for having, having done, like, you know, for me, you know, 15 years of sport fencing and stage combat and then coming into this HEMA community... Uh, fairly recently has has been just a great experience to see people that you know really give a damn about yeah. what the fight should look like. Oh, I agree. There's also uh, so there's also like a couple of groups in Europe that are also mm-hmm. that are our stuntsmen and all who are actually trying to bring much more of the historical combat to life. Like there's YouTube channels that have them up, but it's like to bring it to where you can actually see that duel, but in the more historical context yeah. and make it exciting. Oh, cool. Yeah, like so like like Hema's really gonna be like. Over the past, like, hell, even just past five years has changed a lot. And we're seeing it continually grow and, and, and bring that even more so on the TV scopes. And then, yeah, which will just inspire the next generation yeah. of kids like us who well, all loved it. And the material now has gotten to be – because I, I remember, I, I suppose, like, ten years ago mm-hmm. – um, you know, when there was, like, one Tallhoffer manual that you could readily find on, like, Barnes & Noble's website. Yeah. And a, a, a couple of people who had aggregated theories of, like, Italian rapier fencing. So you had, like, some Gigantes and some Capoferro, like, all mixed together in this one book. And you go on Amazon now, and there's primary sources. There's there's good translations yeah. of, of Tybalt, of Capoferra, yeah. of, um, you know, my man Fiore. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, there... <laughs> we had Rilke Meyer and yeah. even Lewis. And then, and then you go into it even more now, and you have, like, Wikinauer. Yeah, that, which, that has... Uh, yeah. Like, I, I don't have the love uh, for Wikinauer that I know a, a lot of the community does. I, I think it's something about the format. I'm still just... I'm still hooked on the books, but I love I, the ability to go to that when I need that quick reference. Yeah, like that's the thing, um, right? Like, it, I don't, I agree with you on that wholeheartedly. I love having the books. I love, I love going through the whole manual. But when I need that one piece real fast in a mm-hmm. conversation or something, like Wikinauer has my back, and I think that's a great aspect for it. Yeah, if you'd, if you'd have told me, you know, ten or twelve years ago, you know, in the parking lot of a hotel with you know Randall Scott trying to like piece together these moves from a woodcut in Talhofer, like how how would you get from here to here? And you know we're just walking through these paces. Um, that you know ten years from now there's going to be a website that you can go to that has all these people in- interpretations of it. Oh, and by the way, there's going to be this place where you can go on YouTube and there's just going to be tons and tons of people who work yeah. on that same woodcut that you are. Like that's so exciting to me. I, mean, I remember it being this frustrating thing like, you know, trying to put movement and action to static images that you saw in like woodcuts and now this 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 growing body of people collectively sharing information yeah. uh, online. I, I has completely changed the game. 
Oh, I agree. Uh, and, it's, and it's amazing because, like, people like me and you who have this interest <laughs> get together, and then we never shut the fuck up. Like, pardon my language. Oh, absolutely. Like, we never stop talking <laughs> on this stuff. Like, this is where it gets to be, like, the fun. Like, the fighting is, is a great aspect to it. Yeah. I love the fight. I really do. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an adrenaline junkie. I love the action. I love going to go compete and just go fight my heart out. But like, it's not everything. Like mm-hmm. these moments where we, we literally, you know, you put me and Brent together, and and there's gonna be source conversation for like three hours, and everyone else <laughs> is falling asleep, and we're up, we're up with like, you know. Butter knives, like no, it worked like this. <laughs> no, I, I, I've seen us in like classes before, like you know, in between while people are bouting or sparring, and, and we we start talking, and it's like a half hour, and I see people's eyes start glazing over. It's like, wait, I want to see how that works, and like we pick up steel, and I say, oh wait, now we pay attention again. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like they picked up swords. They're gonna stop just spouting names and terms. So. Oh, well, as a rapierist, I'm just like, what are you guys talking? About? <laughs> <laughs> stop using. Fancy <laughs> At the same time, though, seeing this, this this growing community of people that are getting together and come together for tournaments and come together for not, not even the competitive side of the tournaments, but the events. Yeah, I remember just recently when we were at the Weird Open and listening to all the people that do Sword and Buckler. Um, having these really wonderfully in-depth conversations uh, about 133, yep. uh, or the the Tower Effect book, or the Walpurgis Manual, whatever you want to call it, um, I-33, um, the, but the 133 Sword and Buckler Manual, and, and all of these people who had put so much time and effort and energy, and had admittedly come up with very different interpretations mm-hmm. of this yeah. dense and kind of hard to penetrate manual. Oh yeah. Uh, but those were some of the most rewarding conversations and also to see those same people then come like, okay, I've got this interpretation. Intellectually it works. Um, it's consistent. It makes sense. Let's put it to the test. Yeah. Let, let me get out there against, you know, an uncompliant opponent who's not somebody from my cell or my club. And see how this interpretation that I've come up with of this, you know, difficult to penetrate manual actually works. Yeah, and I think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, but I also loved even more so too. Like on the same context as we did it there, and the conversations we watched them fight it, and then afterwards, if they saw something from the other guy that they thought worked matched better than what they did, it's like, hey, show me how you did it and where'd you come up with that? Absolutely. And then they're all working together. For even if it's not their style or they agree with it, they still were interested to learn and understand why did you come to this because this might be a missing piece mm-hmm. of the puzzle. Because that's the great part about the history of this, right? Yeah. We don't really truly know all these things because it died off. So, like, here we are working all at it, and we could be from completely different areas with completely different opinions, and we're like, wait. Mm-hmm. I'm curious now. You've intrigued me with this one piece. Let's go into it. And then they're over debating the article, debating the history, debating the translation. And it becomes a magical moment. And, yeah, there's arguing at times, but it's never like, I'm right, you're wrong. It's always like, I agree, but I'm a little bit curious. Let's go over this one word. We're we're never going to come to actual blows over it, even if we do come to blows over these things. (laughs) (laughs) I I think it's also very important to remember. I I think it's one of the beautiful things about this this hobby, this community, is we're never going to be done. No. Uh, the, there, there is no, this is the right way of doing this, this is the wrong way of doing it. I mean, you can come up with curriculums, you can say whatever you want. 
this is always going to be a work in progress. I mean, you and I were just uh, the other night talking about um, Instabile, Instabile guards, and Fiore, and, you know, there's no context. Mm -hmm. He doesn't tell us what he means, and we are never going to know. We're going to have some beautiful interpretations. We're going to have very smart people putting time and effort into these primary sources and trying to figure it out. But it's never going to be done. We're never going to be finished. And I I think that is both daunting and one of the beautiful things about this hobby. I agree wholeheartedly. And I think we got completely off topic to the first question. (laughs) Do you have another? What is question two? Two, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely perfect. All I'm trying to get across to people is that you can be passionate about history without getting a PhD in it. You even have to come and major in it. You can take one course, it can spark a passion, and you guys have. Oh my God! Redoubled your efforts. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I, like it's even so. Like so, I, I'm an API inspector in the chemical petroleum industry. So I do a lot of data collecting and number crunching and corrosion rates and you know drink more coffee than I probably ever should, and I don't care. Uh, but like you know, you, when you talk to somebody like me, you know, it's mostly supposed to be this is the guys who are all about the, like this life and like this is all I do and this is something I'm like. I use that to fuel my passion for this, and I, I'll take online courses. I read a lot. You know, I never could afford college and doing stuff just for my not hard knock around lifestyle. But like, it, the passion never died. Yeah. And I like have access to like Rice University. You know, like where it has this library with all this history management mm-hmm. stuff. Like those are things in my dreams. Like I love those ideas of going to places and like getting one of the old manuals and getting a book and being able to read that. Yeah, I, I, I want something I've got to put on white gloves. Yeah, for and yeah. I touch the vellum. Oh, we got you covered. Yeah, in yeah. And, and that's and that's what's also one of the coolest things about Hema is like you will find all these kinds of people from a thousand different walks of life. Absolutely. Like I know police officers, military guys, students. You know, yoga instructors. Well, I mean, how many people when you tell them like what you go do on Tuesday and Thursday nights? It's like, wait, like you fight with swords? Yeah, (laughs) that sounds so cool. Like, like it's hilarious because I work in a in a place where it's a bunch of like you know just old school guys who hunt and fish, and that's all they do. And I'm like, oh, you gotta go sword fight again, huh? And then they watch the videos of me fighting. They're like, holy shit, dude, you're insane. Yeah, no, I, I love that experience, I, and because I do, kind of on the other side of it, I'm a, I'm a student, I'm going back on my GI Bill right now, and I, I have, like, aspirations of being a professor one day. I am not a historian. Like, I, I'm a philosophy student. I, I'm ready to sit and talk about, you know, John Locke. Good news for you. <laughs> yeah. No matter what you get your degree in, you'll never teach in that field. Yeah. Just let you know. Yeah. You can teach wherever you want. Uh, well, I mean, I'm pursuing a degree in philosophy. I've considered the fact that I won't get a job. Um, <laughs> you'll, be a, you'll be the tour guide for the next <laughs> But, you know, even with, like, a, you know, academic interest, and I do want to pursue grad school, I'd like to be a professor, um, the, the, the history is still there. It's still a passion, even if it's not, like, my professional um, academic interest. I, I love having access to the knowledge and being able to be part of these communities of people that are still investigating these things um, and, and trying to interpret them and, and trying to take... You know, like I said earlier, put put action and motion into you know these static things, these books. Yeah. Like, and, and it, it, I would challenge anybody that's listening to this that you know, go read about a skill, mm-hmm. go go learn to sew something from an article with no pictures or very yeah. limited pictures. Like, don't go to YouTube. Go go learn to try to do any physical thing by just reading about it. 
now imagine doing that, but the thing you're reading is 600 years old and written in a different language. That's and <laughs> that's that you can't even have a proper translation on. Yeah. And it's about killing a man. Yeah. <laughs> it, um, and it really does highlight the, the, the difficulty of this endeavor, mm. uh, which is part of what makes it so fun. Yeah, I agree. So, all right, so I think we, we got question one done in about, you know, 20 minutes. I'm curious. So you guys already mentioned Braveheart, Game of Thrones. Mm. Do, does anybody show up at the club like, yeah, I just love Game of Thrones. I'm here to just Game of Thrones it up. Or uh, has it not affected enrollment? Has it? So, so it's, it's about a bitter, it's a bit of 50-50 moments, right? So I do have a lot of people that come in. That, you know, Game of Thrones has, has built a bit of an interest into it. Uh, but it was even more so than just that. Like, you'll find that a lot of these kids that come in now that have the Game of Thrones love have always had that love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, those are the people who went to Renaissance fairs. They've always loved swords. You know, Braveheart was the thing. Highlander, the TV series. You know, any anime you watch that had swordplay. Like, a lot of people yeah. love swords in general. And, like, Game of Thrones is just a big highlight piece to help bring it in. It's like, well, I really want to do this because it's the big hit thing. But, like, you go back, you know, early 90s and all that, and you had Highlander, that was the thing. Yeah, right? you can tell the age of yeah. this particular <laughs> type of nerd. Like, Based on what interest it is. Yeah, yeah. What was it, Game of Thrones? Was it, you know, for me, yes, definitely. Highlander oh, it, yeah. from Christian Lambert and Adrian Paul. Like the, Willow was me. Oh, yeah. See? Xena. <laughs> Um, yeah, Willow, Xena, Hercules, like, I came from that generation. You so. can almost get it down to, like, a, you're, you're between 28 and 31, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> can, by, by what your particular thing was. We need to create a, a historical European martial arts, like, pop quiz, like, <laughs> can we guess your age based on how you've heard about stories? But yeah. this nerd has always existed. This, like, yeah. th- this was the non-wheezy kid in your D&D group oh, that yeah. wanted to go, like, put together the the, the actual the, party the, 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 the party and the the foam sword and yeah. go out and boff on each other like yeah. and, and there's been outlets before for these and I think that interest that interest gets you in the door agreed I don't think it keeps you there Mm-mm. um like it, you're, it you're, gets you it gets you in there to try it and and and, and that's really where it comes to being the yeah. the question of who wants to pursue this more or not and you find the deal so like it's so like ordo percent schema to be official like we have two parts of our organization uh, and our hemocytes that I'm highly involved in, we have the pit side that gets in armor and beats the ever-living fuck out of each other. They're all, it all still comes to be part because now we have armor making and there's a lot more differences in how things feel. But in the, in the hemocytes stuff, like we get those nerds and people who are interested and then they realize it's not as flashy as you think it is on TV. Yeah. Mm. Like that's, that's really the thing. They're like, I want to be this really cool flash because that's how we're, we're brought into it, right? Because yeah. it's showing a show. And you're like, no, this stuff is efficient and like quick and decisive. And then a real sword fight is very short. Yeah. Like, so, so, <laughs> genuinely. But I mean, like it's most of them stay. Like even if they're not there for forever, but they, they're like, I'm actually interested to learn how it would go. And now I fulfilled my need and I move on. And others stayed like me who just never go away and, like, won't stop obsessing. And you got some who came in and they come back to me after being with me for about a month and just learning how to do proper cuts mm-hmm. and do things. And they're like, I can't even watch my favorite shows anymore, dude. You've ruined my <laughs> It's like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't know. I can still watch The Princess Bride. Well, actually, uh, that's actually, uh, uh, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> You take this one. Well, what's, what's, what's great about the, the Princess Bride duel is it's 
while the weapons are wrong, the fighting is very good. Like, there's a, a lot of small sword stuff in their rapier fighting, but it's very good small sword. Like, yes. it, the oh. footwork is excellent. And I'm trying to remember that choreographer's name. Um, oh, God. Uh, Hops? Uh, but he, he's going he's gonna to Google it. He's going to Google it. We um, have to Google But, you know, like, and that same guy that did the choreography for, like, all these great movies, even going back to, I mentioned, like, the Errol Flynn games. Yeah. Um, and, and he's been doing that forever, and these are, this is a great sword fight. The only other sword fight that I always, t- I, I say the Princess Bride one because everyone's seen it. Um, I was going to mention the fight at the end of Rob Roy. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, the Rob Roy fight. Yeah, was, was yeah. Probably those, those are some Bob the, Anderson. Is Bob right. Anderson, thank yeah. you. Um, so Bob Anderson choreographed uh, Princess, Princess Bride, Highlander, Highlander Kizoro, he, He's done all these great sword movies, and so, like, there's a, to a certain extent, when we think of, like, movie sword fighting style, it is Bob Anderson. Yeah. Like, that. that is what we're thinking of, and he's got good work, and he's got bad work, and it depends on how it's shot. Uh, I actually didn't know this one. He actually was in for Three Musketeers. Which one? Which the one? one with Charlie Sheen. Oh, oh yeah. Right. yeah, 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 yeah. That was, that like, was a, so that makes that more was a s- fun little role. Yeah. <laughs> like, but like that was the steampunk one, right? Yeah. No, 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 no. This is like the early night. This is like this was nineties. Yeah. The good one. Yeah. Okay. The, the blue. Yes. Yeah, okay, right, yeah. The, where he had uh, Charlie Sheen was actually the priest. Yeah, yeah. Or the religious army, like, like which was the most ironic moment of life. Tiger's right? blood. Yeah. And you had uh, what's his name? Keith Sutherland was in it. Um, so. Oliver Platt. Yeah. Played Porthos. Um, so yeah. it was like, but I didn't. I actually did not even know he did that. One, but that makes more sense of why that one actually has that style. Has yeah. that style, oh. Lord? Because it's. I guess a big thing actually on a recent thing online and articles have been written about is how the Princess Bride's fight scenes is actually some of the closest and most realistic yeah. fencing you will find. Well, and they min- and all the, the dialogue in the middle of it. They yeah. mention Capofero. They mention several... Oh, I uh, see you <laughs> They mention several, oh like, God. actual rapier masters through the course of that thing. Um, and on top of that, you, the thing I love about that fight, and here's the thing I always tell people, if you want to look for, like, good fight choreography, just, you know, coming from that, that stage fighting background, um, look for how much of the actor's body you actually see in the scene. Oh, good um, point. Because if you look at something like, like Kingdom of Heaven was great, and I love the movie Kingdom of Heaven, oh, but yeah, yeah um, look at the fight scenes, and they're all real tight in on like the shoulder and the arm, and you see the swing, and then it cuts to a different shot. Compare that to uh, your Princess Bride fight scene or your Rob Roy, where it's a big zoomed out shot, and you see one or both actors' full body. So when yeah. they go into a lunge, you see that full extension. Right. That's good, like stage fighting. Like that's that's the whole body's involved. It's not a director up in close where they're like, okay, now swing. Yeah, so cut, move. So like my dad actually does uh, film and editing and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Has for thirty years, and so like that zoom in is always the cheat sheet. Yeah, for when you guys don't know how to fight or don't know, so we can make this look cool. Like because I've gone and helped him out with doing scenes recently because I do. Even um, I know body mechanics and I fight hard, you know, a lot, and you know. Besides the street, you know, parking lot brawls and everything else. So, like... We're not recommending that students go out and get into street parking. <laughs> yeah, so don't live my life, guys. Don't live my life. You don't You don't want it, I promise. Not I'm not on Rice Campus, anyway. Ah, yeah, y'all are in Texas. <laughs> uh, the open carry sword state. Ooh, God. Oh, God. God. <laughs> but, uh, but, like, so I've helped out, and that's and that's what we've had to do, even as a... Like a guy trying to help with yeah. a fight scene, like this and this and this, and you're trying to show some guy, you know, rotate it, your body, yeah, right? like, and you have like 15 minutes to show this, and you're like, 
oh, this is going to be a pain in the ass. Do this with the camera just to make my life easy. Yeah. Like, all you got to do is this so you don't have to include all the extra steps to make it work. Just do this so we'll get the scene. Well, it's also the difference in, like, if you ever meet somebody who does primarily film acting versus someone who does primarily stage acting. Yeah. Yes. What their relationship is with a, a fight. Uh, because a stage actor has to remember the whole fight. Oh, and yeah. all the other fights that they're going to have to do in this two-hour production. And that they're performing to these people and the upper deck. Yeah. And, yeah. Whereas the film actor is like, all right, what are my three moves? Okay, ding, ding, ding. Okay, what are the next three moves? Uh, no. Ding, ding, ding. Now, that, I'll actually go back on the question about Game of Thrones, actually. Okay. We were talking about a completely different thing. But, no, but, but uh, we, I think we circled back around to it, honestly. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and this is, this is my, my personal view on it, right? So that's something I find very interesting about the Game of Thrones scenes is if you actually go and read because I'm, I'm I am a fan I love the books I I, I was watching Game of Thrones and like it helped me reinstill my passion for swords more so I just see newer stuff um, but I did I go back and look at what they're doing for the fight choreography mm-hmm. for and it's and it's very much so where they're not doing the three hits mm-hmm. they're actually working it more like a stage combat. Where they're going through everything and they just have multiple cameras. Yeah, and like, yeah, like, um, like the fight scenes uh, with the mountain and Oberyn Martell. Yeah, like, yeah, like, there's no stunt doubles in that. You're uh, you're, you're gonna hate me for this. I actually stopped watching the show. I don't hate. Uh, you. <laughs> but at what point did you? Stop? I, I stopped watching the show when it got so divergent from the books that I didn't want to have two narratives. So season, so season five. Uh, like, I think three. Yeah. I, I, I saw the that, Martell fight, yeah. uh, but then it started to get, like, this is way different than the books. I'm, you know, I don't want to wait till the last book comes out, and I didn't realize that I was making, like, a ten-year commitment in saying that. Yeah. <laughs> so, look, I, so I, I enjoy the books a thousand times more. Martin's in depth. I, like, I'm also a very big fan of Robert Jordan and the Wheel mm-hmm. of Time series, um, and he actually has dedications to him in there. Like, there's all these little knickknacks he puts in, so I love the intrigue of it. Mm-hmm. And the show has become much more of, like, I started watching this when I worked on the river. Me and my roommates and friends have always, like, this is, like, a gathering point for us. Mm-hmm. And so, in reality, if I didn't have that, like, where it brings some people in my life together where we can enjoy something, I probably would have stopped because it did diverge so mm-hmm. much. But I do... Like, there's that aspect for it to me. Like, yeah. and, I, and that's kind of one of the cool things about it is you can actually, with, with like, Game of Thrones and stuff, you can bring all these nerds together yeah. and do it. Like, like we've literally had viewing parties in Ordo, like, Hema stuff, or we're, we all get together and watch it and just go, oh, my God, you suck so much. <laughs> you know, explicit content here moment, but, you know. I, I think it's always really important to remember how big a nerds we are. I think we, you know, we show up at practice sometimes, and it's like, you know, these big, like, rippy testosterone guys that want to, like, beat on each other, and, you know, you get, there's this attitude that comes in, and sometimes, uh, as much as we try to be, like, this really inclusive environment, I think sometimes it can be this kind of very masculine space. Yeah. Um, and, and it's always important to remember that we are playing with swords. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> we are nerds that got together because we liked we're playing with swords so much. We wanted swords. to get better at playing with swords. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, one of the, like, we talk about that, and one of the big things I like to harp on people is, like, this is all a game. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing, it's all a game because until one of us doesn't walk away from a sharp, mm. I don't care how many medals you got. I don't care what you scored. I don't care about any of those things. At the end of the day, we're all just playing because yeah. we're never going to really do it. Yeah. Some of us might want to. 
<laughs> on a daily basis, but you know. Everybody's got that list. Yeah. Everybody has a list. Well, all I'm going to tell you all is like, hope to God I don't ever like get like type 4, stage 4 cancer or some type, because I'm, we're going to find out how something's going to Like, I'm going out on my terms, buddy. I'll be like, here, have a sharp, I'm going to take this blunt, make this technique work, we're going to find out. Oh, don't quote God. me on that, because... Yeah. But, so, <laughs> so he's dying wish, like, I always wanted to know. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, but I mean, I'm also that insane guy, you know. Like, I, I've worked a lot of dangerous jobs growing up in my life, so like, that that doesn't phase me as much. Some people are like, my God, this guy's insane, but it's like, no, I'm not guy. Like, I could actually take my teeth out right now because I took a two-inch steel cable in my mouth and shattered it out. Like, if that had been any other direction, like, it's a bad day. So, like, dying to a sword fight, like, all right, I'm going out like a badass and not like, <laughs> you know, not like a, I'm dying like, in my bed. No, no, like, let me just die at the sword. Like, every year around November 10th with uh, the Marine Corps ball, I just, I'm, I'm waiting on Facebook for, like, one of my friends to have gotten drunk and stabbed each other with the sabers. Yeah, like, yeah. It's no, just no, like, no. Yeah. How has that not happened yet? <laughs> or, how, or more or less, has it just not been reported? Yeah, yeah. that's... that's yeah. I, I, I have to imagine, you know, the, the, the higher-ups of the Marine Corps are not eager to see those photos on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> just a bit. It's like the flaming mattress going off the third deck of a barracks. Like, we know it happens. Maybe keep that in the family. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it doesn't go any further. Yeah. And and, 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 and to touch back on the, on the masculine scene, uh, like, I do feel that that does become a, a you know, on the HEMA scene in general, like, that mm-hmm. is there, but I do... Something I really like about how it's currently going in our in our world. I think there's a lot of effort to, yeah. to curb that impulse. Um, just in yeah. the last five years since I've been involved, I've watched it go from not only are there no women's tournaments, there's literally three women at an event that mm-hmm. aren't, you know, a HEMA widow, quote-unquote, but... Compete, no, like... it's... Like, like bro, bro actually, like, is... Um, so we... we we intentionally try to push to have women's events. Mm-hmm. So, like, this year at our tournament that we're hosting, uh, not only will we have our women's longsword tournament, when it goes to the cutting competition, we are actually going to have a women's cutting exclusive. Whoa. So there will be open cutting in women's, which will have different feats. Uh, Julian Schutze at Blood and Iron in Canada is coming down to help me run it. It's something he's very passionate about in making this diversity. And, and not for the sake of argument that they should be able to do anything. No, it's much more of... There's just a fact that guys have more muscle, yeah, and we're built differently. So I can cut through a triple mat. I mean, my technique. If I try, like I've done cutting competitions, and if I go with pure technique, like I, I'm going to get so far. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to muscle through and do something, but I can cheat that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we make it. So we're actually making sure the feet are much more where it's that technical work is better off and it's gonna be an interesting thing like I'm sure I'll catch some kind of flack about it and I don't really give a crap because like I really stem on on the belief systems we, we have a girl in our club mm-hmm. which you know Sunshine yeah before her her back and her stuff went kind of haywire we work so much on structure and body mechanics and then we have other guys like Lego who we call the ogre and the mountain and like Glenn we have some big muscle bound hard hitting sons of bitches and She'll sit there and stop your strike like it's nothing. This girl's like four foot eleven, like probably oh, wow. five foot. So she'll probably kill me if, she, if I tell her she's a midget. <laughs> but like, but sunshine can hold her own. Like, I, I, it's time and time again. Like, it does not matter on the scale of who has what. Well, and historically, the great thing is because the the weapon is the great equalizer. Right. Uh, yeah. So it, it, it 
it's great to see, you know, this kind of combat sport where, yeah, look, muscle and mass and size. Um, I'm, I'm kind of got a reputation for liking to get in close and grab and, 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 and take it to that close play in the grapple. I mean, I have a reputation for hitting hard. Yeah. Um, but the, it's a sword. Uh, you can you can be five foot tall. You can weigh 120 pounds, and there's a way to get around that yeah. that 200 pound guy that wants to get in close and grab you. Like there's there's a way to play with that where you know you're not, we're not expecting that you know the, the the thing that always bugs me in like the the, the movies when you see the the river cam of like Firefly. Yeah. It's like a 108 pound girl who's doing like these spinning kicks and punches and like you know there's no weight behind that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, it's impressive, it's cool, but like it's cool. Like totally. but like how much force are you really putting behind that with 108 pounds? Um, whereas like, the sword is the great equalizer. Yeah. And so historically, we have manuals with women fighting. Um, we, we have examples of this in history. Yeah, you know, in, in, you know, from 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 history that you know you had women doing these arts, and I think it's great to see an effort to make this a more diverse environment, to make this a more inclusive environment. Yeah. Because I think any combat sport is going to suffer that problem of, of, I, I, of the the machismo is going to be there. Yeah, just because it's a combat sport, like that's it's gonna attract that. But making this concerted effort now to see more women involved, um, to to see more people of color involved, to to make yeah, this a, a, yeah. a diverse community yeah. that is inclusive and welcoming. It's one of the things we strive for in my club. Absolutely, I mean, come up and so, and so we're in Baton Rouge officially, and Brent comes up for for school up at LSU, so he comes wow. to trains with us nice. when he's there. Uh, I don't care who you are or what your skin tone is you treat everybody with respect like we're gonna have fun mm-hmm. like we're, we're inclusive even for trans folks that come in it's like just talk to me work with me as best as we can on that is one pronouns. of my favorite things about this community is like the like there's no question about trans folks there's there's no, no question about your pronouns your gender identity no. nobody cares we're all here for swords yeah that's I, it my, my firm rule is i don't care who you love as long as you ain't Messing animals or kids, like we're pretty good, <laughs> you know. Fair rules, I'm yeah. Kidding. Like, but like, you want to do swords? Like, let's do swords. Well, yeah. I'm not gonna sit here and question your choices of life or what you choose, as long as you're being happy and true to yourself. I'm a happy man. <laughs> you want to learn how to hit somebody with a sword? I'm even fucking happier. Let's <laughs> let's dance, baby. Like, I will show you everything. I, I love this because this is kind of the one community in my life where there's no politics. Yeah. Like, no, just absolutely not. And I've had to watch myself before and be like. No, I'm I'm not even introducing that here because I've I've worked I'll hurt you. Yeah, (laughs) I've worked on political campaigns. I'm a philosophy and political science student. I'm it's a big part of my life, and I'm not even going to mention what side of any of that I'm on here. But uh, (laughs) it is a huge part of my life, and I love this community because it is kind of the one place in my life where there is no politics. And I'm good with that. Yeah. Like, there have been other communities I was in when I used to ride motorcycles or I like to go sh- like shoot guns or things like that. Where it's yeah. like, like, I'm not putting politics in here because I'm really uncomfortable inserting politics here, but my politics really are begging to be inserted here. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, here I'm like, no, there's no politics and that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, I think the, the bigger politics we get to is German law. Like, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why couldn't I thrust him? We, we have had some very serious conversations about, like, medieval jurisprudence. Yes. yes. <laughs> but that's as political as we get. <laughs> oh, or our whole conversation on the Messer and the whole purpose behind that. for the Oh, yeah, well, guild law. Yeah, like, like oh, God, like, that's where we get into yes. it. Like, <laughs> we're debating shit from, you know, 500 years ago. Laws Why it was no longer matter. <laughs> at all. 
It makes politics so much more fun. When they're yeah, dead, when everyone's dead. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, we, like, I do, I do really strive to make it uh, a, a pretty great group, and, you know, overall. You do a good job. Like, it, it's a, Ordo is one of the, the, the just awesome groups when you walk and you can feel the kind of community there. We try our best, and we try to make it to where we're still having fun, but we're fighting hard, training hard. Uh, yeah, we we go out, we compete hard. We're, we're known as being a bunch of crazy Cajuns that are just going to come and hit. Like, like I, I've gone places and like people are like, hey, I know you're Ordo, just don't cream me. I'm like, oh, come on now. Like, I'm not going to be that vicious. But what's really cool about it, though, is like it's not we're muscle-bound. Mm-hmm. Freaks! It's we practice good structure. We practice cutting mechanics. We are all about doing efficiently to your body type, and that's and that's you know circling back around again because we're going to go off track a thousand times during this podcast. That's the thing about like sunshine. You can take somebody who is small, mm-hmm. doesn't know things. You know, Logan is another example. Like yeah, people that have had mental illness or issues and different things that we can do, and I can get you to show you that you can do anything. Yeah. If you train and you practice and you actually work on these things right, you'll be amazed at what you can do. Like it, it is honest to God. Like sword saved my life. Mm-hmm. I, I was, I was same here, absolutely. Like, like I was working on the river. I hated my life. You know, I have three baby mamas. Let that just get out to the point that I am like the junkyard dog moments, whatever. But like, I literally hated my job. I saw no future. You know, I, I buried 16 guys in, like, nine years. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a it was a shit life, and I was unhappy. And I found swords, and I changed careers to do swords. And and now it's like I'm the happiest can be. I train all the time. I'm studying source material. And then people come and ask me for advice and help. And it builds their confidence, and it builds them up, and it makes them better people. And, and so it's all those different cool aspects that, you know, the instructor that comes out. Because, like... There are going to be some of those competitive clubs that are like, it's all about the medals and stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I do, I, I enjoy the fact that it's much more of, I look at the individual growth. Yeah. Like, and that's something I think Aura looks at. Like, we will all be cheering for one of our people that, okay, they've been doing this for three months. There's no way they're going to win that fight against a guy who's been doing this for ten years. But they're going out there and they're trying yeah. the hardest, and that's what's more important to us. So once you've collected all of these people, what does your beginning training look like? How do you start to kind of move them into it? So that uh, that becomes an interesting subject because the curriculum changes often to try and dictate the needs, to mm-hmm. be fair. I've done it. So so one of the things I try to do in, in the club is if I have a big group of beginners, so if like Oh, 10 people all showed up at one time. Yeah. Well, then I, I set up and I run my six to eight week beginner course where we're learning mechanics. We're learning footwork. I build cheat sheets for like your stance. Like, oh, have your shoulders rolled up. Oh, squat down to this. Turn your hips to the 45. Now you're in stance, right? And then, you know, we, we work on the hand mechanics. We work on different things to start building it. And then... But it's always that interesting thing, like when you, you're, you're, you're running a club like this. So... Mm-hmm. Who's consistently coming? Who's the new people? You want to have something for your people that have been coming for a while where you're not just saying, like, hey, go free spar while I teach them all the stuff I already taught you. Right. And, like, cycling people in. I think a big part of it, and I think you do this really well, is you're never going to perfect any of it. So you can kind of jump in at any point and start picking up what we're doing right now. And eventually we're going to circle in through all the things and you're going to get pointers from experienced people while we're doing this. And since you're never going to get any of it perfect, the fact that it just kind of rotates through a curriculum 
is fine. Yeah. Like so. You, so on on the grand scope of that, that works out when it's like a few new people. Yeah. You're like Addison, JoJo, yeah, Meshack, and Nick. Mm-hmm. So I got like four new guys that recently started up. They're very consistent. Yeah. But I can rotate them in and in that curriculum form like that. But it's when I have I've literally had classes that were fifty people. Mm-hmm. No, that's yeah, that's, and that's, like twenty five of them are brand new. So I, I need to change the system. Mm-hmm. But I also strive in my training as people come. The way I try to teach my curriculum and the way I try and teach the techniques is I'm always breaking it down to a step by step process. I take the glosses, I take the manuals, and I break it down to what's a key action we're we're, we're striving for in this drill. What's the key thing? And I build the steps to get there. But I do it in such a way that everyone's learning in that fashion. So like, hey, I had to go teach these guys something. Dustin, you take over. We're running this drill. And he'll know the drill step by step because it is. Or if he needs me to come help, it's on a single item. Mm-hmm. Or I can put them to where multiple people, like you've seen my three-person drills. Yeah. No, that's and like people, yeah, and people all get together. Oh, wait, you're missing that part. Like, that's one thing. Or they're like, oh, crap, we're all, we all can't figure this out. Josh, can you come swing over real quick while I'm over helping? Some, yeah, I'm on my way. Come over. Oh, this is the one piece. And it keeps going. So, like, so I, I do strive to make it. It just depends on the crowd. depends on how my training goes. But, like, uh, we, we all get together on a standard class. Everyone gets in. There's usually about ten minutes of bullshitting. Yeah, you know, some guys get there early, like me. I go and do a bunch of solo warm-ups because I'm the instructor, so I don't really get to train as much. <laughs> uh, but we'll do that. I generally wait about ten minutes past seven, just seven tenths about my usual crank-up time, uh, just because I know people have traffic issues getting where we live in batteries. Yeah. Like, like Brent's two hours away. <laughs> like, I have other people that drive. Having just done that drive, that was that was rough. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. My my thing is like when I go when I get to go play with Ordo, um, I, I'm eleven thirty midnight getting home. Uh, because you know we stay and we spar and then we you know we bullshit in the parking lot and um, y'all are my only friends. Oh, uh, like, <laughs> I'm like, with you. Well, this is this is my social outing, so like, I like I'm with you because like I'm not getting home till midnight sometimes. Yeah. And I'm like oh god, four o'clock in the morning when I have to get up for work is going to be brutally painful. Yeah, every time. But um, but, but like, I, I think it's, it's it's great seeing there's this 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 community of instructors that that's coming up right now that uh, I wish had been there uh, years and years and years ago. But it, it's great to see it, it growing now. So mm-hmm. you know, guys like you, um, like like Anthony mm-hmm. in, in Texas that that are. These just these great inclusive bringing people in, in, in instructors that are cognizant of the fact that none of us are experts. Yeah. Like we are, we are all still learning. I've just been learning it for a little longer and, and making these these environments where people can come and be a rope beginner yeah. and be someone who has some experience and, and, and kind of jump in and get into the community. I, I think that y'all are doing. A, a, a job as gatekeepers, but I mean that in a good way mm-hmm. of, of welcoming people yeah. in. The guys showing uh, you the door. Yeah, come on in, see if this is for you. And if not, like I've got people that come to my classes that, oh, this isn't what I want. Well, that's cool. What are you looking for? There's a rapier guy in Baton Rouge. Yeah, I can get you with the LARP people. I can get yeah. you with SCA. Like I know enough people in the community that does swords and different types of stuff. Yeah, this isn't your kind of sword thing, but you still want to do a sword yeah. thing. We'll we can direct. We, yeah, we can direct you. Yeah, I want you. To, I want you to find your passion and live it. If it's not with us, that's cool. Who will find you? Hell, lightsaber legion. I got uh, all yeah. people. Like but, <laughs> we just got one of those in Houston. Yeah, but uh, but like so, but like so, class. Just just to go on the class field, like. Seven ten, we crank up. Uh, 
Garrett, one of my guys, has been really running our warm-up sessions now because he is He's a beast. <laughs> I, I Well, he kind of got tired because, like, I used to run people really hard on warm-up, mm-hmm. but I, I have a different training system, and I'm, I'm a very, like, non-stop machine. And I forget that. And Garrett's really good about pacing stuff for yeah. people. So he's kind of taken that role more so. We'll do warm-ups for probably about 15, 20 minutes. A solid warm Depending on what he's trying to If it's something new, it's going to last a little longer because he's going to show people a little bit more. There's that, there's that line between going into uh, practice and learning techniques either warmed up or broke off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you got to kind of straddle. Right. And, and Garrett does a really good job. We do that. He'll do that for all the warm-ups and stretches, and then I, I'll run people through solo stuff with swords just to get your shoulders mm-hmm. and body warmed up. And then we'll do like some just like, oh, right, we're going to do half swimming stuff. I want you to do this, and then do this. Like getting the action in your head, just getting the muscles ready. And then I'll, I'll do explaining what we're working on. Like So we'll have like three drills I'll try to aim for a night or two, and then I'm going to show it a few times, an example, and word it all out. The other instructor, Eric, will also put in clip notes. In case I miss something, people can kind of ask a couple of questions initially. About five minutes, I try to keep that time frame. And then we're drilling for about an hour to an hour and a half. Wow. And then it, and it's a little bit – so depending on the number of people and stuff, I'll do a three-person drill where you're rotating out so it keeps you fresh in mind. Like you're going to go about 10, 15 minutes. I'm going to stop. Hey, we're going to go back over it. I'm going to add a step to this drill. I'm going to add another piece. Or, hey, here's a variation of what can happen. This is what you do. And then we go through it all, and then about like 8.40, anywhere from 8.30 to 8.45, depending on what we're looking like time-wise. If I can't get another drill in, I'm going to stop, um, you know, in a, enough effort of time. And I do what we call a circle up or a round table, and I get everybody in, and everybody has to give me a positive and a negative of the class. Wow. So, uh, so that, that, that has been a huge help as an instructor. Get that feedback. Get that feedback, but it also gives it to where – Everybody who comes in, I don't care if it's your first night, you're to give me information. That's awesome. Yeah, and I, and I tell people, it's like, if you're first, if all you have right now is, oh my God, this is awesome, where's it been my whole life, and I don't have a negative, that's fine. But by a certain point, I want you to, to give me, there's no ego, mm. there's no, I'm right, you're wrong. I, I want the feedback because, like, so like Olivia had made a comment, I wish we could have gone over this one part more. And the next time she made class, we were doing that. And she's like, oh, God, the, what I talked about actually got included. Like, yeah, yeah that just, that's the point of this. What a novel idea. I, I always try to give you, like, a, like an in-depth negative just because of all the people that are like, no, I love it. It's great. You don't do anything wrong. You, have, like, no, I, you have no idea how much I appreciate that. <laughs> like, let, me, uh, let me tell you what could have been better in a perfect world, I guess. <laughs> like, you did fine, but. <laughs> but I guess. But I, I actually appreciate that more. So a lot of people, like, I, and I get it. Like, they're all excited because they're learning something new, and, and no one wants to be the negative person but like for me i i actually welcome the negative aspects more mm. because like that's how i fix things i like to think of myself as that that greek slave in the chariot behind julius caesar like you are mortal you are mortal yes. <laughs> and, and i really feel that that needs to be done because if you because if you don't like pride ego and then and then it goes down a wrong path in my opinion yeah no yeah, yeah and and i and i really do like appreciate those things because like we are we're human we're 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 only gonna get so much right and there's only gonna be so much i can remember to say and i try to make it to where anybody who comes in gets a instruction in the fashion that they learn a- anybody who's been in this long enough has seen the dangers of nerds with too much ego yeah uh, <laughs> oh, yeah <laughs> Yeah. So, 
What can students expect from you on March 22nd? Oof. <laughs> <laughs> Get some hard hits. Uh, yeah, so... Um, so, I'll, I'll touch base first. Okay, quick. yeah, go ahead. And go on it. Um, so, we're... The goal is we'll have a, a demo fight, like a couple of quick instructions. And then, you know, faculty's going to talk, and then we're going to continue fighting. So, we will have multiple fighters rotating in the background of actually doing stuff with majority of Longsword, because it's our passion. Oh, our uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have some other things. Yeah. <laughs> Brent's making... I got Anthony coming with stuff, too. Okay, great, yeah. So, like, we're going to have a multitude of weapons that will be going on, but, like, there will be fighting going on in the background. And then we'll have other people rotating in the fights and out. And we'll have other people that will actually be talking about the history, talking about body mechanics. I have some primary sources there. Um, so we'll we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll be set up with, you know, our, our, our he'll have, like, his German stuff. I'm definitely going to bring, like, some Fiore, some Italian manuals. And yeah. be able to kind of show, like, hey, this is, this is what we work from. So, like, when you see us doing this stuff over here, this is kind of the starting place if, if people want to see... Yeah. You know what that interpretive process is like, right? And then I, I know um, Brent, like for all the fact that I'm good at this stuff, Brent's way better at speaking than I am. <laughs> like if you haven't heard all the stage stuff, right? But uh, Brent's got a great bit of knowledge. And then I also know we are wanting to actually show off some technique mm-hmm. plays, like where we'll actually gear up, and then we're gonna go through the play of this, yeah, and then make it actually happen. So cool. not necessarily sparring, but more uh, giving a demonstration of um. I, I like to think of like the perfect fight. Like yeah. this is this is what it looks like when you do it perfectly, and here's what it looks like when you do it against uh, you know a non-compliant person who's trying to stop you from I doing think that's it. <laughs> yeah, cool. There's a lot of stuff, and we'll have like gear and stuff out there so we can talk about that for anybody that's interested. Uh, yeah. Come come pick up a sword. That's yeah. I, I think the the primary thing because the the number one reaction. You always hear from somebody when they see us do this stuff, and then they come over and they want to like feel the gear, and they, they pick up a sword that oh, it's lighter than I thought it was going to be. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> every single person, because I don't don't think people realize when they see like this, you know, big long sword comes up to a grown man's armpits that that thing's only about three pounds. Yeah, yeah. like it's fast. It, it is it is Nimble. not slow and clumsy. Yeah. Um, if you want to see how nimble it is, we've got some guys that will show you. <laughs> Yeah. How quickly that thing will come from one side to the other. <laughs> I guess I'll have to really actually try this time and amp up just to yeah. like, mess with people. <laughs> so, like, so um, you talk about that. So, like, they actually made on a – R.J. McKean actually did the uh, one of the weapons instructors mm-hmm. on one of the deals, and they actually had, like, guys that made, like, this long sword that was much more of, like, a montante. Yeah. And it's, like, a 20-pound fucking sword because these – yeah, he's like, what the hell is this? And I'm like, yeah, there is no way that's an operational thing to work. Yeah. No. Sword, sword-like object. Yeah, like like, like people that, oh, swords weigh 10, 15. No, dog. No, man. You, yeah. would never, you would never use it. Absolutely. How no, that's a rapier that weighs 3.8 pounds, and it's just too much? Well, and, yeah. you know, that's always the funny thing. It's like rapiers tend to be on the heavier side of historical weapons. Like, everybody thinks, like, rapier, oh, that little light... Thrusting French sword, uh, and no, 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 no rapiers no. are heavy. <laughs> no, I mean there's a reason why in the manuals you're seeing like completely like just muscle bound guys yeah. in these drawings that they. I ended up them. like a hermit crab for a while before mm-hmm. I started training left side. It was bad. Yeah, is that what we're calling it, hermit crabbing? <laughs> <laughs> we, you'll definitely see some mixed weapon stuff. Yeah, because uh, it's w- one of my great joys at, at the club is coming in and, and throwing sword and buckler or something that the long sworders have never seen. It's like, no, no, keep your long sword. 
Every, 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 every fight doesn't have to be between match no, weapons. No. Yeah. Um, and, and, and watching people who have only done, like, longsword on longsword. Yeah. Oh, try, to, try to figure out how to play with a sword and buckler. Oh, <laughs> me and you will have fun with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good time. Oh, like, this yeah. is going to be such a great time. Yeah, so um, also, like, on the conversation of picking up a sword, I know, like, through insurance and all that stuff, mm. I can't give you all steals if you're coming. No. But I will have, we have trainers that are actually done by Purple Heart Armory that are actually located over in Texas, and they are our yeah. main locator. So I will have a bunch of those for people that want to hold them Wonderful. and understand it and, like, get a feel. We can show you a few things. Yeah. Uh, just no hitting each other. No throwing swords at students. Yes. Or at each other. Treat it like Hogwarts. You can't cast spells on each other. Yeah. So we, <laughs> but we can, we can easily, like, I'll show you, because they're actually weighted towards a sword fashion. Mm-hmm. They're designed to be in a similar fashion. Is it 100% like having steel? No, but work in context with us for this round, and then as we get further down the road, because, you know, we we plan on coming back and helping out with Rice more on different stuff and being Absolutely. there, and, and we can show you some cool things. Also, I will have uh, some – I should have business cards and flyers for organizations that are similar to what we do in Houston, in Austin, Perfect. nearby. So if you actually are really interested in doing this more, like – until, like, Rice gets their own historical fencing. Just saying, I'll come to Houston. But, I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but on that aspect, we we have people out there. Yeah, something we always try to be talking about when we do, you know, any kind of thing that's public is, here's how you can start doing this. So, like, don't, don't come to just, you know, watch this, like, hey, here's a cool show of nerdy guys swinging swords at each other. Come be one of the people swinging swords. Yeah. It, 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 it's easy to do. There's people in your area. We'll point you at them. Like. <laughs> well, thank you so much, you guys. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been fun. This has this been a good time. Been wonderful. And uh, so, join us on March twenty second from two to four p.m. Probably and longer. Probably <laughs> longer. The guys will start warming up probably around one thirty, uh, and they'll just keep going until they're exhausted or I run out of food. Or more likely, <laughs> just die. <laughs> what a great way to die, though. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's an order of tradition. We love fighting. Like. Uh, <laughs> Like, oh, it'd be just a puddle of jelly by the end. Yeah, like, it'll be great, and I'll take you guys to Valhalla. It'll be oh, great. yeah, yes. like, well, perfection. Yeah, like I actually am terrified with some of the ones that are like, oh wait, we're gonna go fight. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, oh god, yeah. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have some bruised ribs before this is over with. Yeah, and it's just because they have they don't get to train as much, so they have more energy. Than yeah, they oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And, right. and I won't shut up if you don't like stop this. So yeah, I, just, I was actually going to give uh, Brent a chance. Do you want to do you want to plug some of your tours here? We, uh, have, <laughs> we do have students who go on vacation to New Orleans quite a bit. We have students in the area. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. Um, so if anybody uh, wants to come hear me talk some more uh, here in New Orleans. Um, uh, I do tours for uh, Jonathan Vice Dark History Tours um, and uh, Famous French Quarter History and Ghost Tours uh, pretty often. Um, so please, yeah, if you're, if you're in the New Orleans area, uh, look us up online. I'd love to take people around, show them around the city a little bit. You got to take one of my tours last on. night. It was amazing. Um, great. Really, you know, to put a lot of effort into trying to make, uh, the history of this great city come alive and some of the, the weird tales of, of old New Orleans. You know, this isn't your grandmother's history tour. Um, uh, we uh, have one we do called Cocktails, which is... Uh, the history of New Orleans told through the booze that was being drank at, at specific periods. 
dudes and right. you know the famous gangsters and people that uh, enjoyed particular cocktails and where to get them and you know ghost tours, cemetery tours, all that kind of pirates. stuff. Pirates, yeah, pirates. <laughs> all, um, kind of all the fun, weird history of New Orleans gets uh, thrown out in this uh, kind of theatrical storytelling moment that uh, we get to bring people on. So please you know, check it out if you're in the city. Uh, love to take out anybody that's listening. Awesome. Thank you so much, you guys. I really appreciate it, and I can't wait until March 22nd. Yeah, please. 2 4 p.m. Come on, guys. Really longer. Yep. It's going to be fun. Bring your friends. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, we'll, we'll show you what Jon Snow should be doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, he knows nothing. So oh!